I'm just this uh, middle class guy from Australia, but I just really admire the fact that you're, you're coping with a terribly hard life and I just want to say I see you, I suppose. Yeah. That's my friend Ian McGilvray. He's a painter and an artist based in the Blue Mountains. And recently he spent some time with some Syrian refugees in Lebanon. There, not only did he teach them how to paint, but he painted portraits of them as well. The collection of works was shown at Gallery 188 in Katoomba, and I'd happened to be there one Thursday morning with my artist friend Stevie Reed, and we had the opportunity to have a chat with him and hear about what his inspirations were for these paintings and how he sought to capture the humanity of people in our society that at times may not be humanised. It's a short episode and we're looking to come back to this in a couple of weeks. So grab a cup of tea and join me for another Conversations with Earl Grey. everyone, I'm Sam and uh, this is Conversations with Earl Grey and today I, I'm actually up in Katoomba where I'm at Gallery, um, Gallery 188, where my friend Ian McGilvray uh, is exhibiting his work uh, here uh, of his experience um, at a refugee camp uh, when he was in Lebanon. It's a really striking experience as I'm gazing around the room. So for listeners who don't know you, Ian, just just tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, thanks, Sam. Well, uh, for many years I was an architect working in Sydney with an um, Australia-wide firm, which I enjoy. But I then went back to study fine art in 2011 at Paddington, and now I'm a lowly paid artist, uh, painter. And that's, uh, the, that's the one opposite the Sydney Jewish Museum. No. Uh, no. That's no, Darlinghurst. Yeah. is on Oxford. Just oh, yeah. Oxford yeah. So um, that's my um, background, um, architecture and art. And, yeah, so now I'm a painter. I sort of focus on people. Um, this, this particular exhibition is portraits. I don't always do portraits. It's often just people in ballet or having a coffee or everyday life, and they just try to find some bigger picture, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And tell us... How was that movement from being an architect? And I'm, I'm, I'm guessing you would have had a, quite a long career. As yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, 32 years. Yeah, 32 years. years and as then, an architect, yeah. And then moving I, into art. Yeah, art. I, I think like a lot of people, certainly like a lot of architects, you, you tend to be a drawer. You know, that's your background, visual communication. So I'd always drawn as a kid and painted. But if, if art's just a hobby on the, on the occasional weekend, it's like, I guess, playing a piano. You never get better unless you really focus. And so I thought by the time I reached a certain age, I'd get qualified in art and really throw myself into it um, and just give it a go. Well, 
What really drew you from architecture to art? To art? It's a good question. I, I, I enjoyed architecture. It's a tough game. It's got a lot of... Well, my job had a lot of stresses. I think art, to me, is touching on conversations of the bigger picture of what it is to be a human, and it, it touches on those big issues that I, I think are important. Architecture does as well, um, but I think art goes into conversations that at my latter part of, you know, as, as you get older, um, you think more about how life works and how I might be involved in that marketplace of ideas. So mm. it was a hunger for a long time, yeah. Mm, mm. I was just looking at your, um, would you call that a portfolio or a guidebook? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, so tell us, this particular expo- exhibition is called Drawn Together uh, and it's your experience meeting all these people, yeah. mainly yeah, Syrian, women, Syrian, Syrian women, young, young women, young women. Yeah. Um, and in here you've got pictures of your trip uh, to, to Lebanon, Lebanon yeah. um, mm-hmm. to a particular place in the middle of Lebanon. Tell us a little bit about that trip. Yeah, well, my my wife's involved in an organisation which um, uh, uh, gives scholarships for PhD study in in theology. In in I guess it's applied theology. How how do you apply your faith your faith your understanding to the context you live in? So she she was at a a conference, and I was uh, we were staying with friends in Lebanon. In Lebanon, yeah, yeah, Zahli, which is fifteen minutes from the Syrian border. And the friend we're staying with, um, Istiha, she had, she had started a program. She'd met um, she'd met refugees. Firstly, by she and a friend were just out walking one day, and they saw a tent, and this baby crying in the tent. Her own mother, she thought, well, that's odd. But they waited, and the mother came back, and she said, well, what, what's the story? And the mother said, I can't. I'm from Syria. I can't feed my baby. There's there's no. There's no money. And so Isaha took her into her heart and thought, I've got to do something. So she, she rallied a whole lot of volunteers to do a program with these Syrian refugees um, to feed the babies in her area um, and to give um, skill training to young women and boys so they can earn some cash income so they can survive, to be honest. And then she ran professional... Um, counselling, uh, trauma counselling programs with teenagers. So we, we were staying with her and then that meant that I was going down each day to the camps where she worked in shipping containers and saw these young young people, particularly the girls that were doing the sewing course. And that's, that's how it all started. I can see there's a lot of that sewing motif yeah, running yeah. through. I'm just, listeners, you can't see. But as I look out here, there's one, two, three, four paintings, four portraits of four girls, and overlaid are sewing scissors, sewing uh, tape measuring things. Yeah, cotton reels. Cotton reels. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that, that was part of your... How you how you met these? How I met them? Ladies. So that was the the context, and um, I was struck by the fact that they were so full of joy and hope. They'd come to a 
a camp where people were looking after them. And so for people on the run for up to five years, suddenly to come across people who are caring for you, wanting to give you skills to, to get by, it really made an impact. And I just saw this great um, hope and resilience in their eyes, and I was just deeply moved by it. Um, it we started because I couldn't help with the sewing. <laughs> I don't know how to thread a needle. I thought, well, what can I do? So the first young woman, a very impressive woman with shining eyes, I, I, I motioned to her. I don't speak Arabic, so I motioned, could I draw you? And she, she nodded, so I, I drew her on an old envelope. And long Is that cup. drawing here? Um, yeah, that's this one here. Um, and yep. so her uh, name is... Uh, and suddenly her sister came along, Shamsi and her niece, and, and before long I was <laughs> drawing out, and, and I'd give them the rough drawing in Biro as just an intuitive way of saying, I'm just this uh, middle-class guy from Australia, but I just really admire the fact that you're, you're coping with a terribly hard life, and I just want to say I see you, I suppose, yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it's a blurb. Yeah, that's very cool. And to go in there and then read the blurbs. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So listeners, yeah. I haven't read the blurb yet. Yeah. Um, but as I hear you and as I look, it, and as I hear that story, it seems you are, what you have done here is given a face given a voice yeah, give a voice to these to people, people who yeah, yeah. may not otherwise yeah. be seen. That's exactly it. And um, I wanted to honour what I saw in them. And I think in Australia we, we do sometimes, all too often, demonise refugees. We see them as a political problem. But in fact, they're precious people. And I guess part of this exhibition is to say, let's notice people who are really on the edge um, that are around, and and let's let's have a human response. Yeah, because mm. I think looking at all most most if not all most of these portraits, um, the the painted are gazing directly at you. Yeah, yeah. So they're engaging with the viewer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Is, yeah. is that uh, on purpose? Is that yeah? Do you yeah. want to. Yeah, and some are looking away. Yeah, the purpose is that there's a connection. Um, so I want the viewer to think, uh, nearly feeling the visceral feeling that I felt sitting at the table of somebody who I really admired. I, I wanted that immediacy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that I am a person. You can't look at me and look away. Yeah, yeah. You have to... That ethic of facedness, that ethic of... Personhood, yeah. Personhood, yeah, this, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a precious person, yeah. yeah. This isn't a statistic. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> as you entered into Syria, as you entered into these women's lives, yeah. where did you see yourself as a Christian and where did you see God? 
Uh, I saw myself as somebody who takes for granted a lot of my privileges, um, but I thought the God that I love says each person has the image of God in them. They're precious to him, regardless of their background or circumstances. Um, and I, th I think in these young ones' lives, I think that that beauty and resilience and that, that hope, despite all the adversity, is, is a gift from God. And I could see practically in their lives that God's hand was at work. Whereas politically and um, financially, in many other levels, you could say their future is, is very hopeless. I could very tangibly see God at work. And that, that's not just sentimental, <laughs> that's something very real. Mm. And I wonder whether by having each person look us in the eye, they're demanding us to see yeah. that God is at work in them. In, in them. In, um, and us not trying to um, impose upon them our, our, our way of thinking, but just to see the person because, yeah, the, the Jesus that I follow says... Um, look and see and take into your heart the person in front of you because they really matter. Mm. Yeah. Thank you so much, Ian, Thanks, for Sam. not only bringing these women to us yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so far away, but allowing us to um, humanise the other. Yeah, yeah. thanks, Sam. Thank Thanks you. for coming. Thanks for listening to another episode of Conversations with Earl Grey. We're going to come back in a couple of weeks and have a chat with Ian McGilvray again to just hear about more of his story as an artist. Next week with us, we have Rob Nichols, one of my good friends who has lived a life of, I guess, what's the word for it? He's lived a life of downward mobility as he's cared and befriended people with a disability. We talk about uh, how his time at L'Arche and him processing the disappointment of founders and their failures and its impacts to institutions. I hope you have a great week and I'm looking forward to seeing you next week with another cup of tea.